Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Daniel chapter 5, we're going to be in tonight. And again, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is the fall of the Babylonian Empire. We'll, we'll kind of deal with the very beginning of it tonight. Um, and, and then the writing on the wall is going to happen uh, as the party is going on. Uh, remember that the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation are apocalyptic literature, uh, meaning that um, you know the, the book of Revelation is, is more New Testament, apocalyptic version, and then the book of Daniel is the Old Testament, and, it, and it's just to point us towards the things that are going to happen. And so when we look at the things that are happening in the world and we see, um, you know, just the things that are happening in the Ukraine or, or, or even on the border of, of Syria and, and Israel, uh, we have to remember that, you know, the church is going to be raptured. Um, you know, the next step for us is we're out of here. Uh, so, I mean, we need to understand... Uh, the different stages of, of prophecy and what's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and that's why we talked about it at one point, that there is an Antichrist that's here. There has to be one for every season. Um, and so there is someone, and I'm, I'm not that type of person who's going to sit and start throwing names in a hat and start throwing them out there, but there has to be. The devil has to have somebody uh, for, for each season. Um, And, you know, do we see things that are moving in a direction uh, that that brings people to to question? Yeah, when we had COVID, it, it, it causes people to ask the question, why? What's next? What happens to me when I die? Uh, why are these things happening around the world? Why do we see like a one world system or uh, like the banking system trying to move towards that one banking system? It's all because that's what the Antichrist, that's what the devil is moving towards. It's all end time stuff. And, and anybody who opens their eyes and studies it will see it. And it should bring uh, us to a place of, of, you know, to expedite our walks, because our time here on this earth is coming to a close. Um, This is not your home if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ. This is not your home. Your home is heaven. And, uh, you know, your time here on earth is very minimal. We talked about that this past weekend. And I I remember one of the things that Francis Chan used to always have is he he would always have that rope uh, for the on the stage and the rope would go in circles on the stage and all the way off the stage and 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 then he'd have that one little piece of rope that was red and he's like this is your life and that's eternity and we get so focused on that little bit of time that we're not understanding the things that we do in that little space affects eternity 
And so remember this, and as we study prophecy, it always points to Jesus. In Revelation chapter 19, 10, it tells us that it says, And I fell at the feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. It was uh, John trying to worship an angel. He says, I am the fellow servant, and you are uh, your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's the spirit of prophecy. And, and that means that the true purpose of prophecy is to bear testimony to the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose of it. And, and as we study the book of Daniel, it's, it's the prophecy that's designed to, to, to unfold the things that are happening with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Things that are going to happen in the future. You know, we're, we're going to actually see that prophecy that God had told him about the statue. That's going to come to a, a close. The head's going to get lopped off. The gold, gone. Tonight. And, and as, we, as we study that. Now, why am I, why am I going over that? Because some, so many times when we study prophecy, uh, we need to remember that Jesus is the center of it. It's, it's, he is the spirit of prophecy. That's why it's important to understand who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. Now, when we dive into Daniel chapter 5, we're, we're actually coming into it at 539 B.C. So we're 25 years down the road from chapter 4. 25 years down the road. Nebuchadnezzar is dead. Uh, there's a new king. And, and understand, one of the things that happens here is there's not just a new king. There was a king that was the brother. Then there was a king's brother-in-law who killed that king. And then that king got killed by, by Nebuchadnezzar. And, and then he put his son to be the co-regent. So he's like the, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant, right? That's, that's kind of what he is. He's, he's, he's the assistant to the assistant king. And so his son, uh, King Balthazar, is actually the, the uh, he's actually second in charge. He's just the king of that region. And so there'll be people that will argue that and say, well, the, the, the Bible's not true because we can't find anything that, that proves that, that Belshazzar actually was real. Well, that's, that's a lie because they found something, a, a prayer, a cylinder that actually has King Nebuchadnezzar and then, and then King Belshazzar in the prayer as well so that's that's been found i i think it was said i was listening to somebody uh talking about um biblical archaeology and they said as of right now they've only found about one percent out of 99 percent of what the bible that's how much stuff is still out there to be found but every time they find something it does what it proves the bible it proves it that this person was real and so when we read this the reason why I wanted, wanted to talk about that, and it's very important because when we read it, it's to understand these are real people in real places. And, and, and a lot of times when we look at the Bible, we, especially as, as you think about it, think about a hand writing on the wall. Like a lot of people will go, but that can never happen. Why not? He's God. See, the Bible is inerrant, and, and you have to believe that, that the Bible is without error. So when the Bible says that he wrote on the wall and they saw the hand, that's what happened. You, you, a donkey talked. 
That's what happened. God can do that. And so we need to remember that as we're, as we're diving into these, these scriptures, uh, that the Bible is inerrant. There's nothing that needs to be changed or added to or taken away from it. And, and so a lot of times people will say, well, that never happened. Well, they found an actual banquet hall that would actually hold this many people in Babylon. Yeah, archaeologists found it in the area that this happened. So, you know, we need to remember that. One of the reasons why we, we talk about him being the second in the position is because when he offers the, the interpretation of the dream, he can't offer the second position, he offers the third. So assistant to the assistant of the regional manager, kind of like Dwight, that's what it is. He's the assistant of the assistant to the king. So he can't offer the second position. So King Palchasar can only offer the third and that's what it says in Daniel chapter 5, verse 7. It says, Whoever reads this writing and tells me in its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold, and around his neck he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now Daniel is actually around 80 years old at this time, and he's not part of this party. He's nowhere to be found. Uh, the reason why is there's a lot of sexual morality and um, worship to false gods, and he wasn't there. Uh, he's actually not really in the picture since uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has died. Uh, but he will be back in the picture because they need somebody to interpret the dream. Uh, one thing that's very important as we look, the Medes and the Persians, this is very important. Right outside the gates as this party's happening, the Medes and the Persians are outside the gate. They've been outside the wall for about four months. They've been and, 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 and been winning wars all over the place, battles everywhere. They're getting ready to take over. But the arrogance of the king, you know, he, he, he believes that, you know, that their, their walls can't be penetrated. Uh, it, the, the city itself is 15 miles around. The walls were three stories high, and there's, they argue over whether or not it was four chariots or six chariots that could fit. So it's the size of a highway that you could ride on the top of the wall. It, it, and they had over 20 years worth of food, and they had a water source. They had the, uh, the Euphrates River. But Darius is going to find, they're going to find out Darius is a pretty smart guy. And he actually diverts the river, and they walk right into the canal underneath the, the city. And they just kill everybody. Now, the reason why I say that is, is to remind us that the head of gold is going to be what? Chopped off. God said it was going to happen. God said it was going to happen in Daniel chapter 2, verses 37 and, uh, through 39. It says, You, O king, o, are king of, of kings for the God of heaven has given you uh, kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And whenever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the fields and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are, the, are, are this head of gold. And that's talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. And that's actually referring to uh, the kingdom of silver. It's actually the Medes, uh, Medes and Persians that take over. And the head of gold is going to fall. Now, 
God, God is a God that keeps His promises and God does not lie. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that He should lie. He said this was going to happen in the dream. He told Daniel this was going to happen. And, and so those promises are going to be fulfilled. And so we need to remember God doesn't change. He's, his character is always the same. He's, he isn't weak, but He will always fulfill His promises. If He says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. The other thing is, too, is to think that, you know, for us, is, is to think that God doesn't know what's going on in your life. He does. People think that. I don't know why. They think, well, God doesn't know what I'm doing. He does. The sad thing is, is there's an invading force right outside the walls, and they're going to party. They're going to have a party. That's, that's what's going on. And I wonder how many of us are, are living a life that we're not supposed to live, and, and the enemy's right there ready to take us down completely. We're dabbling in sin, and the enemy's crouching at the door. And so, uh, one thing that the king was, and this is King Balthazar, he was, he was prideful, just like King Nebuchadnezzar. He thought nothing could happen to him. In Proverbs 18, 11, it says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in, in his own esteem. King Balthazar was the grandson of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and you have to think to yourself, his daughter was actually married to Nebunus. So his daughter was married to Nebunus, and King Balthazar was actually their, their son, which was King Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. King Nebuchadnezzar was a follower of God. But what happened to the grandson and the daughter? They fell away. They, they, didn't, they didn't know God because they're participating in these rituals and and sadly you know that's a reminder to us of how important it is for us to live out our lives as christians in in our homes and and with our families and we have to be real about our faith in joshua chapter 24 verses 15 and 16 it says and if it seems evil to you to serve the lord choose for yourself this day from this day whom you will serve, whether the, whether the gods which are uh, your father served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. In Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And this is after Joshua dies. Uh, this is a reminder to us how quickly a generation falls. Um, in Judges 2.10, it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after him, after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which, had, which he had done for Israel. It only took a generation. So they had one generation gathered. The next generation knew nothing about the Lord nor the work that was done in Israel by Joshua. This is a reminder to us as we look at King Nebuchadnezzar's life, what are, what are we going to leave our kids? What are we going to leave as our legacy? Like when people, when you die, will people actually say, man, that person loved the Lord. His, his kids live for the Lord. His grandkids live for the Lord. Like are, are you actually sowing into your families? 
as a as a wife, as a as a mother, as a father, or as a husband, as a grandfather or a grand, even as an uncle or an aunt. Like if if the father and mother are not doing it, you need to do it. That's what the church is for. So when somebody brings their kids in, and and they need to be loved on that one time a week or that twice in the week, and they get to hear about Jesus Christ because when we have church with the kids, they they learn the word of God. No different than you do. And they need it just as much as you do. And so that's the whole reason why we, we are trying to put together this outreach is because we want to see this generation follow God and for the next generation to know about God and for it to impact this community because it needs it. It needs it. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your, has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will it not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and it desires for you, but you should rule over it. And one of the things I thought about when I, when I was thinking about Balthazar is like he has the enemy right outside the door. And he's living a sinful life. And the enemy is going to just take him completely over. And, and people think that, that the enemy won't do that. Still kill, destroy. And that's what's going to happen to that young man. He was still overtaken by his sin. He thought he had everything under control. And he didn't. He didn't. And so we need to not ignore the warnings that, that God is, is putting in front of us. You know, that's why it's, it's, it's sad to, to hear when people say, I'm going to live my life my way. And I'll just make my confession on my deathbed. How many people do you know that actually have a deathbed confession? To follow God, it's very few. If you die of a heart attack walking home, there's no confession that's coming from you. You have trained killers outside the door ready to kill you. And you're blind to it. Because of your arrogance and your pride. And that's what the king is. is. And so why do we have such a buildup before we dive into the scripture? I promise as we get into the scripture, it'll be quicker. The reason why is because of that 25 years. We need to make sure we cover what's happening. We need to know, okay, Daniel's 80 now. He's in his 80s. You know? He's not that young kid anymore. And that it's been 25 years since the testimony that we read last, last week. As we finished up chapter 4. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Balthasar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of thousand of the thousand. It always reminds me when I read this verse of, of Dave Matthews' song, Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. And that's kind of what's happening here. Might as well live for our sin because tomorrow we're dying. They didn't know they were dying, but that's how a lot of people live their life. They live their life as one big party, thinking that they're going to have tomorrow. And we talked about that this past week. You're, you're not promised tomorrow. It reminds me of Noah in, in Matthew chapter 24, as Jesus was talking about Noah in verses 38 through 39. He says, For as in the day before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that, the, that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so that it will 
so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's talking about the rapture. Right, that's talking about when God returns or when Jesus returns. It's going to happen that quick. And people will be in their sin, partying and drinking and just living in their lives. And then Jesus returns and it's, it's too late at that point. It's too late. Think about with Noah. It had never rained. They laughed at that dude. He's crazy. But he stood for God. And when the floods came, those people died. And yet they were being wed. And they were partying. And they were just living their lives. Thinking that they're going to have another day on earth. And we're not promised that. Revelation chapter 11 verses 9 through 10 says, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies. And this is the same thing here. When the two witnesses are killed, this is the same thing that's going to happen. People are going to party. Like they won some victory. And it's in the Bible. It tells you what's going to happen next and people will still do their thing, right? It says, Then those, those from the people's tribes, tongues, and nation will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth, this is, this is sad, will rejoice over them making merry and send gifts to one another. Because the two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. And yet, the final judgment is going to come. And they're over there still partying. They didn't learn anything. And, and so, this is what's happening. It's a, it's a great example of, of people blindly just living their life and not knowing their, their life's going to be called that night. They're going to be called to be their appointment for death is going to be filled. It says in verse 2, While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which the father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the kings and his lords and his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Now you have to understand that Nebuchadnezzar actually took very good care of these things. They had to go get them. Now, these things are set apart. They're holy. And they're going to use them in an unholy manner. The party that they're having is sexual morality. They're worshiping false gods. There's concubines that are there. There's, there's just, it's really sad. But Nebuchadnezzar even, you know, as he took those and carried them off in Second Chronicles 36-7, it said, Nebuchadnezzar also carried off some of the articles from the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Funny thing is, is Nebuchadnezzar never did that. He understood not to do that. But his grandson sure didn't. He's going to do, do something that's an abomination. And God's going to show up. Now one thing we have to talk about just real quickly, and I won't beat this thing up too much, is drinking. And, and this is important. Because sometimes we have this idea of, of Christians aren't allowed to drink uh, or a believer is not allowed to, to have alcohol. Now, I, I'm going to hit it real quickly. It tells you in Ephesians chapter 5, verse, and I'm going to cover verses eight, 15 through 18 so you kind of understand uh, what it means because it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, and which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. And I, and I hate this question because people will say, well, can a Christian drink? It's up to you. And, and, you know, sadly, a lot of people love to drink and try to see how close they can get to that sin line. And if that's you, you probably shouldn't be drinking. Uh, Pastor Tony Clark would always say this. I, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate for it. Uh, because I, I have a conviction for myself. It's something I cannot do. I've never drunk in my life, but if I do, I'll become an alcoholic. I know it. My father was. My brothers both ended up being one. And I'm not doing it. Because it, it, it just, it, petites don't do well with alcohol. And that's just my thing. Now, I've had somebody, we've been out to dinner before with somebody that I didn't know, and the first thing they do is order a beer. And they were a Christian. I didn't say anything because it's my conviction. I didn't tell him, bro, get that beer away from me. Now, if he would have known me and known my conviction and still ordered the beer, then that's, that's another thing, man. Because he should have at least said, hey, Mike, do you mind if I do that? Knowing that I have a conviction. So, see, we need to remember that. The other thing is, is like it, it, Tony Clark used to say, what are, what are you going to do when your kids are little and they have to get their sippy cup and they have to move your, your six-pack of beer out of the way to get it? What are you teaching them? And I'll go one step further, and then we'll leave it here. If, if, you're, if you're putting a six-pack of beer away at night, you got a problem. There, there's a bigger issue there. Because that goes back to that verse of, about, you know, redeeming the time because the days of evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what uh, the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. Because you're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. You're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. And you can't do that if you're drunk. These people were drunk. And then somebody, and you know bad decisions happen at parties. If we were to ask you before Christ, what is the worst thing that ever happened in the party? I'm sure we could have some stories here. Because when people get drunk, they make dumb decisions. They do dumb things. And so we as Christians need to live a life that is without reproach. And so if one beer doesn't make you drunk, that's on you. If a glass of wine doesn't make you drunk, that's fine. You know, but that's between you and the Lord. That's something that you definitely need to pray about. The other thing he says is that, that he commanded them to bring the gold and silver vessels, which is the fathers. His father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which he had been in Jerusalem, the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines might drink from them. These are vessels that were set apart for the temple. Just as we're set apart. We've been bought with a price. We talked about that this past week. We've been bought with a price. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful from the master, prepared for every good work. Believers are supposed to be vessels of honor, cleansing. And so we, we prepare ourselves, meaning that we are vessels. We should be clean. Right? 
We should be a clean vessel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in earth, earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We are a treasure in earthly vessels. And Paul uses that example. And so we are to be set apart in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Now they're going to go ahead and drink from these things, and bad things are fixing to happen. It says in verse 3, And then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And when the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them, they drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Now Nebuchadnezzar had never done something like this. Now he'd done some dumb things, but not this dumb. They were worshiping false gods and then practicing sexual morality and the concubines even were drinking from the things that were set apart at the temple. And you go, well, they're just, they're just glasses, right? Or they're just, they're just these gold vessels. And, and, but no, they were set apart for God, for use in the temple. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is all idolatry. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 5, it says, Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. They were partying and they were, they were doing things that were sexual morale, uh, immorality, and then they were also worshiping false gods and drinking from the cups from the temple. Now, Daniel wasn't invited to this party. He wasn't there because he's a man of God. He wouldn't be any part of this. He wouldn't have anything to do with this. But eventually, the one who's, who the king needs to hear from is Daniel, the man of God. So darkness runs from light, and that's why believers need to receive the invitation. It's like in John 3.19, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The king's deeds were evil. He loved the darkness. In John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We need to be the light in this dark world. We're called to be the light. In Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor uh, do, the, do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on, on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And the same thing, that's one of the things that we try to, to teach here is that we're supposed to be sun, salt, and light. It's not sun, salt, or sun, sugar, and light. And Teresa had shared that with me this week. I was like, it's true. We're not just, we're not just supposed to be sweetener to everybody. It's not that we're not, we're not supposed to be loving it's like we have to be honest about the gospel. You're running towards darkness. Somebody should have grabbed the king and said, what you're doing 
is not going to end well. But nobody was there that was godly to stop him. In verse 5, it said, In the same hour the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite uh, the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And God will communicate to man if he has to, even in shocking ways. Remember now, it's in Exodus 31:18, and when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the tablets of testimony, the tablets of stone written with the finger of God. This is the hand of God, writing on the wall. The party's over. You can imagine everybody's buzz is gone. Right? The reality, it's like when the cops come into a party, the buzz is over. It's gone. The reality hits you that you're in trouble. You've done something you weren't supposed to do. In Proverbs 29, verse 1, it says, He who has often rebuked and hardened his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. You keep hardening your heart, you harden your neck, eventually you just don't know the difference between good and evil. And you just keep picking the wrong thing. And, and there, there, there is a, a, a warning, that warnings that have been given to you. And because you have a hard neck and a hard heart, you don't get them anymore. You just, your conscience is seared. And that's what the king's conscience was. But it's, it's getting a reality check right now. Verse 6 says, And the king's countenance changed, and, and, and that just means his face turned pale. <laughs> like he's having a heart attack. Right? And, and his thoughts troubled him. That's his conscience. Wait a minute. I think I did something wrong. So that his joints of his hips were loosened, and his knees knocked against each other. He's about to fall down. He's having trouble standing. Party's over. It reminds me of, of, of that parable with the, the man with the rich field, that, uh, the man that had the field that yielded plenty. And, he, and he's like, I'm going to make more, more barns so I, have, I can store my crops. Right? I'm going to be rich. And then the Lord tells him in Luke chapter 12, verse 20, God, uh, But God said to him, uh, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. And th then whose will those things be which you have provided? Your, your, your soul is required of you tonight. What are you thinking? And Isaiah 13, 6 says, Wail, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as a destruction from the Almighty. And God is going to punish Babylon and destroy it. The promise is going to be kept. And why is that? Because the way that Babylon treated Israel. And, and God's going to deal with it. Verse 7 says, The king cried out loud. So now he goes from barely being able to stand to crying out loud to bring in the astrologers, and he goes straight to the worldly things. Uh, bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the, the king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me an interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck. And he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So again, we understand that, uh, that he is not the ruler. 
Uh, he is the second ruler. Uh, he's only the king of this region. And, and he's going to offer uh, the, a position just so if he can get an interpretation. But he's getting an interpretation from people that don't know. That couldn't interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Like if he knew his grandfather's story, he would have known, hey, go get Daniel. He would have known not to do this. But he didn't know, he must not have known his grandfather's testimony. In Isaiah 47, 13, it says, You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. They can't save you. God's judgment is upon you. In verse 8, it says, Now all the king's wise men came, but they could not read the writing or make known to, it, uh, to the kings its interpretation. They couldn't read it. The, he, needs, he needs Daniel. These people can't read it. There's no answer because he went straight to the world for the answer. And that's what, what people do. In 1 Corinthians 2.14 it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why people that you know that are unbelievers go and, and they, they oh, I'm going to go get my tarot cards read. I need to know what's happening in my life. Or I need to read my astrology because it's going to tell me what's going to, that's all junk from the devil. You need to stay away from that stuff. But see, because you're a natural, natural man who, who you don't receive the things of the Spirit of God. You, you run to the foolish things of the world. And, and it's, you know, you have no discernment. It's almost like when your phone has no connection. Like you can't connect to the Wi-Fi or you can't connect to the, uh, the, the uh, signal. You can't connect. You have no way to know what I'm supposed to do. There's no Google for you to Google. A lot of people don't know what to do if they can't Google. But I'll tell you what, open your Bible. Stop Googling things, you know. You'll find more out in there than you will through Google. Google thinks that a man can make a baby. How stupid is that? I'm sorry, that's my dad. I, I can't. I apologize. That's, that's my father a little bit. It's really dumb, though, that we look for answers from there when we have God's Word. I know you've got to look for addresses and stuff like that, but when you, when you have a, a site that thinks that a man can make a baby, you've got problems. You need to really ask what you're trusting for your source of, uh, of information because we, we, we need to be careful not to run through the things of the world, too. Things aren't going right in your world, open God's Word. Things aren't going right in your world, pray. Reach out to somebody. Let them, let them be your Google. A godly person. And, and reach out to them. You know, it's, it, there's so much mess online. It's, it's like we have to be very careful. We need to reach out to spiritual things, not the, the things that a natural man would reach out to. That has no discernment. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Hopefully I cleaned that up enough. I'm sorry. Uh, verse 9 says, Then King Balthasar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed. And his lord uh, lords were astonished. The queen 
Because of the words of the king and his, uh, his lords came to the banquet hall, the queen spoke, saying, O king, live, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom, she's talking about Daniel, in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding were, and wisdom, like wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now, most people believe that this queen is actually one of King Nebuchadnezzar's wives, who was elderly. She wouldn't have been at the party. Um, she comes in and she, she gives her, her wisdom uh, of, hey, you need to go get Daniel. But understand that she didn't believe in Daniel's most high God because she didn't call him that. And, and, and she said in that, in that word that, um, uh, like the wisdom of the gods. You see that? So she doesn't believe that it's from the most high God, his gift. And sadly, I mean, that's, that's where some people are. They, they, even though they've seen Daniel time and time again um, step in and be able to interpret these dreams that only God could, could give Daniel, they don't believe. And, and who do they call? They call Daniel. Daniel, the man that wasn't at the party. And, um, and sadly, they, they forget uh, about Daniel, that he's there. But Daniel's you know, doing what Daniel does, which is, you know, still believing in, in God, still following God, still praying to God. Um, and, and, you know, even though he's not used in the everyday kingdom at the time, he's, he's being called upon now because they need somebody to read the writing on the wall. And, and remember what Daniel, in, in Daniel chapter 4, as we finish that up, in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35, what King Nebuchadnezzar said, and he said, At the end of, of the time, Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, I, and I blessed the Most High, the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will, in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? In verse 12, it says, And as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king Belteshazzar now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. One of the things that we notice is that he, he actually is called by his name, Daniel, his Jewish name, right? And so that was kind of fascinating as I was reading that. And, and one of the things I love is, you know, as, you know, as they go to call Daniel, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're saying he has an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and interpreting dreams, right? But his, his testimony is good. The same that ours should be. Unbelievers should go, I need to go talk to, you know, whoever. And that guy's a believer, I need to go talk to him. Or that lady's a believer, I need to go talk to them. I know how they live their life. I can't explain what's happening right now. I need somebody to explain this. I need somebody to pray for me. I don't know what's going on. 
but I need something. And that's your testimony. That means at work as well. Like they should know you're a Christian. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, you do get ostracized or you get pushed away. Um, but because they, you know, you're a believer and they don't want to, they don't want to hang out with a believer. That happens sometimes. I remember, you know, uh, one of our pastors, one of our pastors that we had, he used to, he used to have to sit by himself because he would read his Bible. But every now and then when people were going through trouble, who did they go to? The person that was over there reading the Bible when they were looking for answers. So real quick, our application for tonight, and we'll finish up here. So 25 years have passed, and King Nebuchadnezzar followed God, but his grandson was living for the world. So how important is it for us to share and live out our faith in Christ with our family? To teach our kids and our grandkids about the things of God is so important. That's why children's ministry is so important. They learn about Christ. They learn about Scripture. They learn about God's Word. Second, we see King Balthazar, he's dealing with the same thing that King Nebuchadnezzar had, pride. Because the enemy is right outside the gate. And yet he continues to party because he thought those walls... We're going to protect him. And they just snuck right in. And, and, and sadly, I think a lot of people think that, they, they, that God's not going to deal with their sin or, or, or not deal with, uh, with their lifestyle. And, and God will. But what God wants is for us to come to a place of repentance and, and to follow him. That's always what he wants because he loves you. But we're not promised tomorrow. And you need to live for Christ today. And so that's the question. Are you living for Christ today? Or is your sin controlling you the way it was King Balthazar? And lastly, the vessels were used in an ungodly manner. They used them in the rituals of immorality and worshiping false gods. And yet, those vessels were set apart for God. Do you understand if you are a follower of Christ that you are to be set apart as well? And what are you filling your vessel up with? It should be with the Word. You know, it should be the things of God. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of us, you know, we watch things we shouldn't watch or we are involved in things we shouldn't be involved in as Christians, and that's why you see people that uh, you'll hear all the time where they're just a bunch of hypocrites. And so we need to, be, we need to remember that we need to fill our, our vessels up with godly things. And all. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We do pray for uh, the rest of the story, as, as Paul Harvey used to say. I wonder how many people remember that. Now I'm showing my age. Um, we, we pray as we get into the, the rest of the story next week, as, as we'll continue it. Um, and we're going to see this nation just fall. Uh, the Babylonian nation just comes to an end, the empire. The same way that, uh, that God said it would. And uh, so we pray. I, I pray, Lord, if there's anybody that's, that's struggling in their faith, that's struggling through something in their life, I pray, Lord, that you would bring peace in their life 
that they would draw close to you. And, and uh, sometimes when we're going through uh, tough things in our lives, we may fill ourselves with things that are not from God. And I pray if, if that's what you're doing, I, I just ask, Lord, that you would help them repent and turn to you and, and start filling those vessels up with godly things. And, and Lord, um, I, I just pray for each one of us and those that are online. I ask that you just continue to be with us throughout this week. I pray for this weekend service as we learn about the mountain of transfiguration and, and uh, uh, just a beautiful piece of scripture. I, I just pray, Lord, that we would be ready to receive it and, and hear it and uh, just remember that it's your word and uh, that it, it, it cleanses us and directs us and guides us and, and, and gives us discernment and, and all those things that we're supposed to use for application through your word. I pray that we would do that. I thank you so much just for all that you're doing, and uh, we just lift up this, this night to you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.